0: Hello and welcome to the Run the Day podcast. I'm your host Nick Simmons. With me, as always, is Camilla. Cam, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good, except for it's so cold. I
0: know we got buried under a foot of snow here in Eugene, Oregon. It it's never crazy. snows here.
1: It never snows here, but we made it in to record the podcast. We did
0: because we wouldn't let you guys down. I'm <laughs> over winter week. though. I'm over it. Me too. <laughs> I'm ready for the sun. Well, what do you got going on?
1: Well, we got a little review to read from Nicole Brand. She says, such an awesome podcast. Nick is seriously an inspiration for runners, athletes, and business-minded people alike. Love listening to this podcast on my commute and highly recommend to all. Thank you, Nicole, for that review. We want to hear from you guys.
0: Thank you, Nicole. Um, Yeah, please leave your reviews. You know, you can leave it uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. We love making these for you guys. And we've got some great guests coming up, including today, Jamal Ligon. What did you think of this interview?
1: Just blown away, A, by his commitment to his clients, the people he's working with, and the busy schedule and how he maintains it all.
0: I couldn't agree more. And his humility. This is a guy who's working with the biggest name in sports and he's not running around getting selfies and and posting them to build up his own brand. He says, I'm in it for my athletes. And I just want them to be the best versions of themselves that they can be.
1: Yep. Which I think shows why he is where he is and why he's working with the people he's working with because of the humble state that he's constantly practicing. He's able to work with the Odell Beckhams, the Vaughn Millers because of who he is at his heart and in his core.
0: We could probably sit here for an hour listing off the incredible athletes he's worked with, or we could just jump right into Let's it. Let's do it. Let's jump in. Here he in. is, Jamal Ligon. All right, here he is, Jamal Ligon, coming to you from Hollywood, California. Jamal,
2: how are you? I'm doing really good, guys. I'm doing really good. Thank you.
0: Hollywood, man. What's life like
2: down there? Oh, man, it's, it's not like the movies. I'll tell you <laughs> that. It's, it's the weather is great, uh, the food is good, but it's still work out here. It's you still got like- to
0: grind. Yeah, you still yeah, got to hustle. It's not
2: like we're shooting Back to the Future every day.
0: <laughs> You're not hiking up to the Hollywood sign and having picnics by
2: it? No, nah, <laughs> no, nah, that's the tourist stuff, man. I love it, I love it. Where'd you grow up? So I was born in Michigan, uh-huh. Detroit, Michigan, and I moved to Oakland, California, where I went to high school. From there, I ran track, I played football, I went to school with uh, Marshawn Lynch mm-hmm. and Josh Johnson. And uh, we kind of developed a great friendship, and we kind of just worked out along the way. And after I left, uh, after I graduated, I went to San Francisco City College. I ran track there for a couple years, and then transferred to Alabama State University. Wonderful. What yeah. were you running? So I ran the one hundred meter dash, the two hundred meter dash. I was a long jumper, and I was anchor on the four by one. You were I also play talented guy. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I did. I, I was a wide receiver in football, and Kind of like just a fast athlete, pretty much.
0: How fast did you get in the hundred? Uh, not too fast. You know, 10, 3, 10, five I love like how that. you say ten three is not too fast, man. That blows my mind. That is that is quick.
2: <laughs> Guys are running nine nines now. It's like that's crazy.
0: true. That's true. You know, I ran. I, I'm training for the hundred myself. I'm I'm a long retired a middle distance runner, and I'm trying to run the hundred. I just want to break eleven. And I watch guys, <laughs> you know, the California state meet who are running 10 eights, 10 sevens or faster, right? And I'm just yeah. like, come on, this is insane. So you're in the, like the civilian mode. You're on the uh, OG side of it. You know, I, I just, I'm in the don't get too fat side. I Here. used to train 10 miles a day and I can't do that anymore. And, and I think that interval training, you, you can speak to this better than anybody, interval training is just so good for the human body. And rather than just kind of go out and, and walk and jog, you know, my eight minute miles, I've been trying to do some proper speed training and I just love it you know because I never got to do this side of things
2: yeah it's, it's good man like honestly I think that my foundation of training comes back always to my track and field experience It's mm-hmm. just my clients who are non-professional athletes I can put them through a track and field warm-up and they're
0: dead <laughs> yeah oh I mean just the warm-up alone is an hour <laughs> you know it's yeah, insane. exactly so were you a football player that ran track or were you a track runner that played football
2: I was a track guy that played football, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of fell in love with football and it just, I kind of understand the movement. Like when we would get out of practice, I'd be like, man, how do I work on my lateral push? Not knowing what I was talking about. I wasn't calling it lateral push at the time. I you was just knew you out, needed it. Yeah. I just know I needed to get, after I caught the ball, I needed to go left and right. So <laughs> how do I get that faster? So I, I was going to a hill by my house and keep in mind, I'm in the Bay area. So the hills are like ridiculously steep. You got plenty I'm of them. Doing lateral ice skaters up a hill just to like simulate the movement, not knowing where it was gonna take me in your life. Just knew you needed to have that explosiveness. Exactly. We were going up to Cal Berkeley before Marshawn got his scholarship to Cal and just running the bleachers. Like this wow. is just normal stuff we were doing.
0: Just kids trying to get faster, more exactly. agile. Exactly. So you went down to Alabama. What were you studying there?
2: So I was doing a Excuse me, Alabama
0: State. I don't want to get Al- too confused. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: they, they, I always get ridiculed for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing health and I was doing biomechanics. And uh, what ended up happening, I'll be honest with you, my mom, she got sick. So I had to come home. So it was a blessing in disguise because while I was there on scholarship, I had an opportunity. Like, I'm not going to lie. The workouts I was getting when I was in junior college like, were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I was always taking it to the next level. And so when I got to my D1, I was like, man, I need to kind of get back in the groove of things because these guys, they're just running. They're doing what they need to do, but they're not doing a lot of extra work. So being a football guy, also, I kind of gravitated towards the football team and um, started meeting a lot of guys. And we they were like, man, we want to start doing the stuff you're doing. I ended up being a personal trainer coach, not even knowing I was like coaching guys. I was just like, just come work out with me. Yeah. So it just turned into us doing some crazy workouts after – football and track practice
0: that's such a cool story so it's literally just you pursuing your passion and people recognizing that and saying hey I want to go for this journey with you
2: correct so I, cool. I literally was like like I was a long jumper and I was jumping 24 out the pit and guys like how the hell are you doing that with no <laughs> technique shit yeah. I run 10-5 on the runway like that's easy
0: <laughs> yeah wow and this so, is this really
2: how your your days as a
0: trainer got started
2: yeah, it was crazy. I started just, guys were like, hey, I want to just come work out with you. And I was like, all right, cool. And that's when I really started trying to understand the body. I pulled my hamstring and I wanted to understand, like, why did I pull my hamstring? Why is this not healing? What's going on? So when I got back from uh, school, I, I was working three jobs. I was actually working. It's funny because I have a Nike contract now, but I was selling shoes at Nike Town, San Francisco. To pay the bills. To pay the bills. And I was working. An overnight job at a grocery store, and then getting up in the morning to train high school kids, and that's kind of like where it kind of started. I had over 150 high school and college kids in the Bay Area. Incredible. And it started from eight kids because all the coaches remembered that I was like one of the faster kids in the area, so they were like, "Hey, I'm going to start sending my guidee." And this was from Oakland, California, to Dublin and San Francisco. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the area, but the Bay Area is, is pretty spread out.
0: Well, and, and it's chock full of talent, too. I
2: mean, some incredible oh my God. athletes. Everybody in the – it's like the Bay Area is, is, a, is just a, where all the top athletes come from. If you ain't from Texas or Florida it's or true. LA. It's true. So I started getting in that, and I opened up a gym with a business partner of mine. And we would have NFL guys coming in throughout the day, college kids at night. We were running boot camps for their moms and sisters and, and aunties. Like we were, we were had a full circle going, and it was great. So I actually decided to, after I did about 10 to 12 years of that, this is before I really started getting into it. I left the Bay in 2013 to come to LA. Any um, particular
0: so, reason to do that?
2: Well, I wanted to go where the pros were at. Surprisingly yeah. enough, you know, with the Raiders, the the Niners, the, the Sacramento Kings, the Oakland A's, these guys don't train in their city. They're There's all living select- and tra-
0: living and training in L.A. until until the season comes up. Or what are they doing?
2: Well, in the off season, guys want to go where the weather's nice. Right. They, can ha- they can go out and have dinner. They can go to the clubs, go to party. And the only two places those are are L.A. and Miami. You're around. I mean, yeah, where yeah. the weather is just nice for the time of year they're training. Right. So I did my research. I researched a lot of the top trainers, Tom Shaw, Pete Bomarito, I looked up facilities like Exos. At the time, it was called Athletes Performance. And I was just trying to figure out, like, do I need to move to Texas, New York, or LA? And you chose LA. I chose LA. I started working with a couple guys and a couple different companies and bouncing around gym to gym and building up my clientele base until I decided to open up my own training company in 2000, basically 13, 14. I started my own company about 16. and it's been taking off ever since. I met a lot of the clients that I'm with now at previous gyms or along the way and they've all told other people about me and it's it's grown to what it is now.
0: It's one of the things I love most about word of mouth advertising is it's so freaking authentic. If someone says, Hey, you gotta look this Jamal guy up, he's the real deal, and they're speaking from having, you know, spent many, many days in sessions with you, there's no more true form of advertising. That sell is just so pure. And that's really how you built your business. You can't cheat that. It's just people who have worked with you and and know that
2: it works. Man, it's that's the real estate you can say, man. And and at one, this, I was I've been doing this before Instagram was even thought of.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I was standing around with a Metro phone, oh, getting numbers it. out of the Cal Berkeley gym, like come work out with me next weekend. <laughs> it's like
0: it's almost something you know. And i I'm a little bit younger than you, but I remember before social media and. I just remember the grind that people had to be on, you know, when it was cold calling and it was networking, it was shaking hands and everything's gone so digital now that some people forget that that's how business was done, you Bro, know, and I think that that, that I, I was that, putting
2: that, flyers on cars,
0: that grind that. teaches you something, right? It teaches yeah, you to think outside the box. It teaches you relationships and, and, uh, man, I just got a ton of respect for how you've built up your brand and built up your business.
2: Thank you. I, I really appreciate that.
0: So the company is JLT. It is a performance training program. But what all does this incorporate? I know you're not just training football players. You're not just training track athletes. How does the business operate? And who specifically do you cater to? Or is it it any athlete looking to increase explosiveness, speed and agility?
2: So, yeah. So that's exactly what it is. I work with every athlete, male, female, from basically middle school until the pros. And then, you know, I have a group of retired guys who are now hosts on NFL Network or whatnot. But what it is is a functional movement training program. I've been labeled as the football guy, I guess you could say, because most of my clients are professional athletes that play in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But I also have NBA fighters. I've got guys that play soccer overseas. And what it is is I'm kind of focusing on, I like to call it, you know, Foundational strength. uh, Mm -hmm. Where where I'm working on unilateral strength. Where I'm I'm getting to do a these guys to do a pistol squat, who have never even thought about even doing anything on one leg at all. Sometimes, (laughs) yeah. You know, you'd be surprised. I've got guys who've been in the league six, seven years who can barely do a pistol squat on a box that's not even like below ninety degrees. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean?
0: It's funny because you get these athletes, and they are so specific. They're so they've been doing the same exercises. You know for a decade and they're missing that muscle confusion they're missing some of those key workouts key you know drills that are going to make them more explosive and i'm sure you've worked with so many that you can find those weaknesses and really hone in on them
2: god it's, it's amazing bro like the transformation in one off season that i can do with the guy and i'm not saying it's me i'm just saying that i'm just like you said taking them through some things that they wouldn't normally do rdls without weights but just working on the hip placement or where mm-hmm. their hips should be you know what i
0: mean absolutely do you find that you get some of these seasoned veterans and and they're like oh you can't teach me anything and you have to really like kind of tough talk them or do you find that they're mostly really receptive and excited to get faster and and, and learn from you
2: it's funny you said that cuz every now and then I'll get a younger it's always the younger guys that always like fresh
0: out of school day. and they're like you can't teach me anything. <laughs>
2: yeah, and, and you got to remember this is the day and age like we said that these guys are trainers are so accessible because it's a gift and a curse because all these guys want to train all these professional athletes for free just so they just can just build post their brand up tag them. Yeah. And it kind of like it lowers the standard of what we're doing and you know, I charge a very high radar premium, but it's also, it's not to like set myself like different from anybody. It's so that they know that the value of what they're getting, you get what you pay for. Correct. It's like, you're not, you're not there
0: trying to, trying to piggyback off their fame. You're charging them. What is the fair price for the expertise that you bring?
2: Correct. And going back to what you're saying about these guys want to test me, the veterans come in this and keep in mind, it is a lot of word of mouth. So they know like, they're going to get Jamal. And I, and I say this to my, my trainers, and I do a lot of motivational speaking where I talk about, like, it's not always about the movements. It's not about the bench press or the squat that you're doing. It's about how you relate to the client. Mm-hmm. I can relate to Marshawn Lynch on Monday at 9 a.m., and I can also relate to Gronkowski at 3 p.m., who's coming off a of party night.
0: Yeah, or, or the middle school girl that's trying to get faster for her soccer team.
2: Exactly. It's <laughs> incredible,
0: a- the range you have.
2: I have a way that I can relate to just the client, like either the situations or life experiences they've been through, I've typically been through, or I just know just different scenarios that to kind of relate to them or how they can relate it to training.
0: Incredible, A lot of different personalities, I'm sure you come across and a lot of different motivations and goals. And and it, it's always impressed me. I had an incredible strength and conditioning coach as a pro athlete, Jimmy Radcliffe. And he said that that was half of his job is just, Finding what made an athlete tick, finding how I can connect and inspire and motivate them, because no two athletes are the same.
2: Correct, Radcliffe. I love Radcliffe. He's uh, the man. One of my guys who went yeah. to Oregon, they preach Radcliffe every day when they come in.
0: I was that young, arrogant guy who's like, "This guy can't teach me anything," and he, he, you know, barked orders at me like a military guy, and I, I bucked it against it, but I could see every week I was getting stronger, I was getting faster, and he won me over with just his his skills. You know, I mean, I just knew that this guy as tough as he is, he's making me faster. He wants me to be a better version of, of me. And you know, we're friends to this day. I, I have dinner with him once a month and he's just, he's brilliant. And humble, and he was the, the exactly what I needed at that point in my
2: career. You got you gotta set up one of those dinners, man. We all gotta to go to dinner. Dude, gym. that I'd would be
0: great. Yeah. You know, this guy, he's crazy. He goes all around the world, you know, speaking and talking about functional strength. And he does so in a three-piece suit, and he does all of his drills, his handstand walking and his pistol squats <laughs> in in this three-piece suit. You've got to see it. It's incredible.
2: See, I want to be that guy when I get to be his age. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, he's probably in his late fifties and he can beat me in forty. He's always been able to beat me in a forty yard dash. He's explosive.
2: Oh, See, I want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, well, I
0: think you are. You're well on your way. You're well on your way. So you've got this incredible company. You know, you're working with all of these great athletes. What's next for you? You're going to continue to build out the program. I know your website, Jamal Ligon, You know, you're working on that. You're working on the Instagram, the Twitter at Jamal Liggins. What's next for you in in
2: business? Well, business wise, we're expanding. I've been going overseas to uh, uh, Saudi Arabia. I've been to London. I've I've done a lot of, like, training things where with different companies and different players, mostly international players, like soccer players. So we're definitely trying to expand the brand in that global training world, you know? And from a home-based standpoint, it's just build more recognition throughout the other sports. Like, I like the fact that I'm the football guy, but it kind of scares people away. I'm not going to lie to you because they're like, I don't want to get all big and bulky or I don't want to, like, no, I want to change the culture on functional movement, you know? And... I'll be honest with you, from, from a standpoint of of coaches in the game, there's there's not too many coaches that are my age doing what I'm doing with this amount of clientele. Like, I know Exos has the same amount of clientele that I have. Uh, ProActive, these different companies have these numbers. I'm trying to match these numbers and, and do something in the community, not only nationally, where guys are just like, this is a household name. This is where I want to go to trade.
0: Yeah. You know, you talk about Exos and I've, I've had the pleasure of training there. And I mean, this is a this is a full production, right? This has multiple coaches and nutritionists and then the gym. And so uh, is JLT a big team? Is it mostly you or how how are you building this out?
2: Jay, I wouldn't be able to be JLT without the help of my staff. Love like, it. It's been a long road and I've always been a stickler for detail and making sure nobody gets hurt and stuff like that to where I have to watch everything like I'm running groups of. 15 guys, eight to fifteen guys at a time. Wow. And I had to sit down with myself and just be like, look, Jamal, you need some help. The guys love it, but they're not getting the attention they need. Bring in some help. So my staff is all guys that I've that I've trained, that I've worked with. One of my guys is fresh out of college. Uh he played football. His name is Akil Borderline. He's a great kid. He's doing phenomenal work with the groups. Another one of my guys is Nick Sh- Nick Schminick, who used to play Texas Tech quarterback. He's my quarterback coach slash performance coach. Another one of my guys is a former running back from the University of Hawaii. And these guys know my workouts. Like, I trust my guys because they know how I talk, what my next movement is. And I know that they can reflect this with my clients. So it's great to have, I have a lot of new guys come in and out the program. And it's the Instagram world, so they stop and get a couple pictures (laughs) with some of my clients. They go on about their day. (laughs) But the clients know where the work is.
0: (laughs) How do you balance it all? I mean, you must be working, you know, from early in the morning to late at night. And I, I think I read an article that some of your clients call you at two in the morning. They're like, I need to get a workout and we got to get this thing going. How Man, do you possibly manage such a schedule?
2: I am dedicated to my clients. 100%. That's the only way this works. You can't be taking pictures with your shirt off on Instagram and think <laughs> it's going to work. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. I'm so dialed in. I've researched so much, so many gyms to the point where, okay, I know I need to get up at four 30, check my emails. I'm getting from overseas. Reply to my emails at five, make sure I'm at the field for my combine group at six, back for my pros until two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Send some more emails, work on Photoshop, edit a couple of videos my videographer sent me, check some more emails, train wow. my late night group, and hope maybe Odell might call me again at eleven thirty at night just to get some cardio in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm exhausted just hearing you talk about a typical day, man. That is incredible.
2: I say it to my trainers, I say it to anybody potentially that wants to work with me. I don't take vacations from January 1st until July 28th. When my clients come in and say, Jamal, I know I got 11 o'clock slot. Can I come in later? You can come in nine times a day. I am at beck and call because if it was me and my career on the line, I would want my trainer to say the same thing.
0: Absolutely. And they, they expect it of you. You know, if they're going to, that's what I always loved about the people that help out elite athletes. I think you recognize that being an elite athlete is a 24-7 job. And if the athlete is willing to sacrifice you know, the lifestyle and put everything they've got into being the best, you kind of owe it to them to do the same. And I just have so much respect for guys like you, guys like Jimmy Radcliffe you know, all the coaches I work with. They approach their job as a lifestyle rather than just a 9-to-5. They said, hey, I have to be here 24-7 because the athlete is doing the same thing. And it's, it's, it's truly impressive that you're willing to, to give that much of yourself to your athletes.
2: Yeah, man. It's a sacrifice, man. I'm trying to put my daughter through college, bro. It's
0: not. Yeah. And today we all know that that's not an inexpensive proposition to go to college. Tell me about it. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, man, I just I don't even know where to go from here. I want to hear more about the combine because I know you said Jan one through July. You said July 28.
2: Well, that's kind of like the season as a whole. The combine training program usually starts about January 1st. And we're about to go right
0: into the combine, aren't we?
2: Correct. And the combine, of course, this year is next week. And so, yeah, I'm usually out there with my guys. I didn't do a combine group this year. I wanted to really, for the past two years, I really been focusing on building my NFL offseason and just letting these guys know I'm here. And the combine training takes a big toll, but I am working with a few guys that I've actually been working with these guys since high school. And I, I feel like I owe it to them to at least help them get to the pro day. I know the secret sauce. I know the formula. It's not going to hurt me. They're local kids, UCLA kids, you know? So I said, look, I'll do this. And it's also a great opportunity for me to help my staff who has all, they've all gone through this process, but now I have an opportunity to kind of show them the ins and outs of pro day slash combine training.
0: Run us through the process of taking a guy that's fresh out of college, that's going to the combine. What's life like for them in, in the few months leading up towards it as, as they work with you and just kind of prepare themselves mentally and physically to go through that process.
2: I'll be completely honest with you combine training for the client is probably one of the most boringest, reduct- really hated process. You got to look at it like this. And this is, this is why honestly, like a lot of trainers don't do combine because nobody wants to go back where they had to be, where they didn't like training at, you right. know what I mean? And so a lot of my guys, I don't I might, I can have a first rounder every year. might not get them back to be honest with you because they just don't, they don't want to go. They, In their mind, they're thinking, this is what I'm going to be going through this process over. Yeah, I have no problem training a guy out of college the day after the combine. Like last year, I had Saquon Barkley. He flew in. He ran his 40 and flew in and trained with me the very next day. The combine was still going on for the DBs. Hmm. (laughs) And we started training the next day. But that's when I want to get the guy. I want to get him from from combine to pro day where the stress is over. A lot of people don't know that the Combine is a week long of getting up in the morning, staying up late, interviewing with coaches, being grilled about what you did when you were seven years old. And you trying already... to
0: perform at your physical best.
2: Yeah, and it's 18 degrees outside of Indianapolis. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're at your pro day, you get a little bit more relaxation. You're around your people. You're at your school. The coaches know you already ran something good. They just want to see you move again. It's a more relaxed situation. But the process from January 1 until the Combine, it's just daily two a day workouts
0: rather monotonous because right? you're really training yeah.
2: yourself for like what half a dozen really specific skills. Correct. It's the 40, it's the, it's the L drill, three cone, bench press, broad and vert, and then positional work. Yeah. You know, it's and pretty it's, straightforward.
0: It's, yeah. It's one of those things where like, you know, you can kind of test yourself over and over again, but at some point you're like, I, I'm, I'm training to play football and I'm not training to bench press as much as I can. So I'm sure Correct. they just want to get through it and start focusing on, on what they came to do, which is play football.
2: For eight to ten weeks, every Monday we're working on 40s. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but with my pros, like I have Evan Ingram in, he doesn't know what he's gonna do every day. He knows the, it's an upper body day or it's a multi-directional day, but he doesn't know. He doesn't know exactly what we're going to do. So that's that's the excitement of training with me. You like, and that's my thing. I program everybody. We have a general. Foundation workout, but I also individualize it for my DNs, for my for my linebackers. You know, I have Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Kenny Young, all UCLA guys coming in at the same time, and they're still doing a similar workout, but I'm catering it to certain strengths and weaknesses I, I noticed during the season.
0: And that's what they're paying for. They're paying for the expertise that you can look at them and say, ah, you know, this guy has this weakness, and this guy has this weakness. And they're almost never, you know, no two athletes are alike. So it's, uh, it's, it's really incredible that you can recognize that. And it's not just speed and strength. You know, I, I know that you focus on nutrition. You focus on recovery. Are you working with these athletes on lifestyle as well? Because that's got to be a big challenge with some of these athletes.
2: Yeah, it's, it's funny. Man. I like as over the course of the past few years, I've been known as the the quote-unquote, go see Jamal if you want to get your mind right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got a lot of guys that are going into contract years and yeah. gotten traded to different teams, and they're like, look, I want to start fresh. I want to get with who these guys are trading with because they're all doing good. Like, I had 18 to 20 guys get nominated for the Pro Bowl this year. And wow. I'm not saying – I'm never going to say I had anything to do with it, but I'd love to say I helped. And these guys want to be a part of that. You know what I mean?
0: Well, and I think they recognize that humility. You know, so many people in that world – are there to hang on coattails are there to get that picture so they can put it up on Instagram. And you're just there to, to say, Hey, I just want to play a small part in what you're doing. And, you know, it's really refreshing, you know, at that level to hear somebody as accomplished as you are, that's still so humble. So, I mean, I try I, to be, dude, you gotta, you gotta stay humble, right? You gotta stay hungry,
2: man. I see, I see a lot of trainers come and go in like a year or two. It's all because they want to be, you know, in the limelight, they want to get the picture. They want to be at the house with the guy. Like you don't have to go to the guy's house and, spend time with them 30 hours a day. You can train them, give a great workout. I go to dinner and lunch sometimes here and there, but I try to keep it very professional.
0: Yeah. I'm sure your clients appreciate that. I use off season really loosely because I know as a pro athlete, there really isn't an off season, but as, as they're preparing for the combine, as they're not, you know, in the middle of the season, when you have a guy who's out till two in the morning and he, and he has a tweaked hamstring, how do you, you know, how do you deal with that? I remember I was that guy, you know, I had to blow off steam every Saturday and I, I would come out and go for a 12 or 13-mile long run on Sunday, and I'd always end up injured. And my coaches were trying to just find that balance between blowing off the steam because it is a stressful job and keeping the mind and body healthy. How do you coach your – when you say Jamal's in charge of getting their mind right, how do you approach that? Because it is a delicate subject sometimes.
2: I think it's not even just me because I I have talked with the guys. I'm like, look, it's not going to work. Which you going out every night? Like I'm, I'm not oblivious to the fact that you're on, you're on. This is your vacation. Yeah. I'm not gonna take that away from you, but let's be smart about it. But the funny part about it is, I have so many clients in LA; they all know each other. Yeah. So you're gonna hear they everything. Go out, yeah. Yeah. They, they, oh, they know. They see my Instagram. I'm posting a couple guys here and they're like, oh, that's a JLT guy. Yeah. I'm gonna look out for him. So my younger guys, they'll see some of my vets in the in the club or at the bar at restaurants. <laughs> but hey, you know we got hills tomorrow. You might want to slow it down. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Exactly.
0: Keep each other so, accountable a little bit.
2: Yeah, they do. You know, and even if they don't, it's, it's as simple as a head nod. I've been told this many a times. They'll see each other at tables and they just got that look like, you know, we're on the field tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. calm it down, bro.
0: <laughs> Nothing worse than trying to work out hungover. Oh, man, I wish I could say worst. that. That's not from experience, but unfortunately it is. It, it's the worst. Well, Jamal, hey, I want all of our listeners to go check out you on, on Instagram and Twitter. It's, it's Jamal Ligon, two G's. Your pictures are incredible. You just, I look at these athletes. They're so explosive, and I, I miss feeling that way. Any advice you can give our listeners if they're looking to get into fitness? You know, maybe they're, they're not looking to run a fast 40, but just looking to be more explosive and, and better in, in their own
2: you know, athletic ways. Man, the best advice I can do, and honestly, I, I do this for myself is just trying to stay active as possible. Mm-hmm. Like I've noticed that starting to like get out of your comfort zone. Like I I take MMA. I took MMA for seven years and I do a lot of beach workouts and just stuff to get me out of the gym. Like I've been playing sports since I was a kid. So being at the gym was like all I knew. And then when it got to a point where I didn't have to go and I have to I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to try new things. Like and that's what helped me. But from a fitness standpoint, just getting in the gym, making sure you at least get a nice warm up, build up a good sweat and, you know, staying focused on, you know, major core body parts, the chest, the back, shoulders, arms, legs. If you can touch those areas at least three times a week, if you're not going outside, riding a bike or skateboarding or anything like that's pretty much it, man. That's the secret to it. Just being consistent. I can't preach that enough. And I'm sure, you know, if you miss a week like you might get a good monday tuesday in but you don't get back until sunday that sunday workout sucks yeah you know what i mean
0: i think jimmy so, said it best he's like it's it's
2: really easy to stay in shape it's really hard to get back into shape oh my god i i just i'm getting over a cold man and i i haven't been able to ride my bike and it's just like i got on today and it was like man i'm I'm usually not tired off like a little from scratch riding. almost <laughs> yeah it's crazy but yeah that's that's probably the best advice i could it's just staying consistent just I moving it.
0: i love it Hey, Jamal, you're the man. I absolutely love what you're doing. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for training all these incredible athletes. You know, I I think when we watch those incredible plays, you know, on the, the football field or on the basketball court, we sometimes forget just how many man hours go into making those incredible athletes. And I know firsthand that my team, now, I had, gosh, somewhere between five and ten guys at any given time helping me be that athlete. And, and you are, have played an integral part in so many incredible athletic performances. So thank you for all that you have done in the world of athletics.
2: Man, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to even just listen to me, man. It's, I, I it's know. A, it's a blessing. <laughs>
0: yeah, hey, hey, we are we're, we're blessed to have your time. And I know you've got a stable of athletes back there just waiting for you to come shout at them. So I'm going to let you get back yeah. to them. Jamal, thank you again.
2: Thank you very much. And I, I look forward to talking with you guys again. Talk
0: soon. Bye bye a big thank you to everyone for joining us on that episode if you want to find out more or listen to other episodes go to rungumcom podcast also please make sure to subscribe on itunes or your preferred player i'm nick simmons and you've been listening to the run the day podcast until next time